0: welcome back to Tell Me About Your Character, the Vanderbilt Podcast Network brand new show, or I suppose by this point a little bit less than brand new, but still shiny, where we bring in the luminaries of the RPG podcast community and ask them to tell us about their favorite characters. Today, I am very pleased to be joined by Kyle
1: from Quest Friends. Kyle, Hello. why don't you go ahead and say hi? Hi. I jumped in way too early there. <laughs>
0: So, what, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. What's Quest Friends about? What do you do?
1: Uh, yes, I am uh, Kyle. I am the GM of Quest Friends. Quest Friends is a Numenera podcast, which, so far as I know, is currently the second longest running one in a very, 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 like, Fandible's still way far ahead of us episode-wise. <laughs> but we are technically the second longest running, I'm pretty sure. Well, um, there you go. Well, you know,
0: to, to be fair, we, we are, uh, I think, think uh this sort of next season will probably be the one where we wrap up everybody's stories so i think uh if you keep going after that uh you you might take the crown
1: i don't think i'll get to because you're at like a hundred or close to a hundred
0: something like that yeah
1: i don't know you might have been a like you were like 90 when i started i don't remember it was a lot it was a yeah. lot <laughs> to 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 be fair we
0: we we cheat heavily we we play for about 4 or 5 hours straight and then we cut that into like short 30 45 minutes so one play session gives us a month and a half of uh, of content
1: i mean that's that's fair that would yeah, be yeah. nice <laughs> all
0: right well it's great to have you on the show and who are you bringing to the table today
1: um so i am doing what anyone who listens to quest Friends knows me as I am cheating and I am bending the <laughs> rules by going into a theme uh, but the theme has alliteration so I think it works today I am talking about the very adventurous v's Ooh. essentially I realized my two favorite characters were both both had names that started with a V um <laughs> so um and, and and I figured it'd be fun because they they kind of showcase a lot of my uh my default characters so the two characters we'll talk about uh if it is all right are um a character i played in my first long-term campaign a pathfinder campaign called violet rotor uh and then the great vespari a um a magic man from uh the strange which is made by the people who make numenera
0: oh yeah I know. i'm a big fan of the strange
1: it's so it's so good if we hadn't i'm already in tangent mode if we didn't do numenera for quest friends i would have done the strange but i've already done a campaign
0: no no it's fine i, I mean i love the strange but we only ever play it when we're drunk so i'm not <laughs> sure how much that that shows that we love it or not <laughs>
1: I mean, it's the perfect game to play while you're drunk, though, because it's just, does this work? Uh, uh, anything works. Literally yeah. anything. Exactly.
0: So it's fun like that. It's like, I mean, Numenera is is also very much like super open ended and whatever you can imagine, it's probably out there, but The Strange lets you get. Silly with it.
1: I mean, it is, it is is in-universe, just our fantasies brought to life. Like, this mm-hmm. is, like, you can either go super deep into, like, hardcore sci-fi, or you can just remake Ready Player One with whatever you want.
0: Exactly, exactly. All right, so which one do you want to start with?
1: Um, I will start with... I will start with Vespari, because he was the less challenging person for me to play. All right. Um... So just kind of summarize the character a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah. What's he about?
1: All right, so The Great Vespari. So um, the first thing I do whenever I start a new game system, I did the exact same thing with Numenera uh, when I was running Quest Friends, is I'll go, I'll grab the rule book, I'll read like an eighth of it, and then I'll extrapolate the crap out of that eighth. Um, (laughs) So like with uh, with Numenera, I just took like the first part of The Steadfast and was just like, that's my whole setting. Um, With The Strange... I basically got as far to where it got to the character point, and it and and the strange spends the first part because it's it's not classical. Um, like we kind of summarize a little bit what it is, but there's a lot to it. So it spends like the first eighth of the book being like, "Here's how the strange works." And I'm like, I went to my my GM. I was like, "Hey Tom, I want to be the strange," mm. and it's like, what, "What do you mean? The strange is like space." Yes, I want to be space. that just was in it because it's like it's this weird space thing so vespari was a um i don't want to say it wasn't like an amnesia thing it was one of those characters who didn't like know where they came from but it wasn't like uh it was like it was less like i have amnesia and more like nobody remembers the first five years of their life so like if i've just been on earth since year one then that's all i remember so vespari was from the strange uh, he kind of knew he was vaguely from that, and he um he was a character that wore um like the 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 scary magicians outfits, mm-hmm. not like a classical magician, but like those uh, uh for anyone who's seen Legend of Korra, Amon from the first season, like this big robe and then like that blank mask. Um, oh, nice. Except he was just a goof. He wanted to be a classical wizard. I spent the whole time that I had him. He tried. Um, I did not choose the levitate ability, which you do have. Um, he tried to grab some cards and make them float. He would try the whole campaign. I never gave him the levitate ability. He could never do it, but he tried his darndest. (laughs) Um, So he was like a a classical, like, I am the great Vespari. That's that's not his old voice, but um, his old voice would have been like, I... No, it would have been, I am the great Vespari, or I will the great Vespari be. I wanted to show this otherworldliness in a way that was... I basically used the Yoda language
0: because mm-hmm.
1: um, I didn't want to do anything that was racist, but I, I I wanted to do something that wasn't that felt different from the way I normally speak. So what I did was I um I stole German grammar. Oh, and the two tricks you use with German grammar is that if you're asking, is that the the uh the verb always comes second? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I not I will run I run will. Or if you're making a question, you'll start with it. So uh, I run will is I will run. And then Will You Run is, actually that one is Will You Run, because the will is, <laughs> it's, it's, I didn't have it perfectly, but, so he was, he spoke a little bit like that, he was very strange, he, um, he, he was one of those characters who got very spooky, um, the, the trend with my characters is that they will fight to the death for their friends, uh, and that they will break a lot of stuff on accident, <laughs> uh, I had the shatter ability, and any obstacle, it was like, Hey, Kyle, you need to get through... Uh, you need to distract someone. Cool, I'm going to shatter the plates in the other room because I can do that. Uh, hey, Kyle, uh, we at one point we tried to get into an apartment building, and my friend, uh, who is a, a scientist, tried to, like, press the door pad and be like, Hey, can you just let us in? We're your friends. You know us. Uh, except she did not... Her character was not even capable of, like, convincing slightly. Um... So then, I just shattered the door lock. I walked upstairs, walked into the guy's room, and of course, this guy—and mind you, we are the good guys here. The guy's on his phone; he's calling the police. I'm like, "Hey, they don't need to know about this." Um, and he he stops talking. And on the other hand, we hear them say, uh, "Sir, like, are are you safe? Are you okay?" Out of options, I clearly shattered the phone in this poor civilian's face. Uh, at which point we got caught by the police. But this was minutes after a I will get you out of jail McGuffin got introduced. So really, we just let the GM's hard work come to him. So, uh, essentially, in, in, in a short version, Vespari was a very well-meaning wizard, uh, a very well-meaning magician, who was good at magic, but bad at being an actual magician, um, broke lots of stuff all the time, uh, and, and was one of those... One of those characters who, if you were most people, he would be friendly towards you, even if you would smash your stuff. But if you were a genuine, real threat, I would just keep trying to kill them, even when they were summoned back as a familiar. (laughs) I did not care.
0: No, I've decided this one needs to be dead. It's like, but he's useful now. (laughs) I said dead.
1: Yeah, and the only reason it didn't work is because the character was dead and came back as a spirit. And... I was like, well, I can't kill you, so I won't. But you're gonna know I want to.
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds like he had a pretty solid approach. There's very few uh, problems in life that can't be solved by making something explode.
1: <laughs> you just gotta make the right thing explode. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's like, and it's like making noise. The more explosions you do, the more significant... No explosions becomes ah. so suddenly. I bumped up everyone else's game.
0: There you go. That that's the story you're sticking with.
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would still blow things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll stick with, it. if I got it, I have that out, so I will take it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. So tell me a little bit more about him. It's like, okay, so, so he was sort of born of the strange. He was, he wasn't like a, 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 a traditional human, I'm guessing. He was, he was from some other, one of the, one of the strange, uh, uh recursions, I believe that's what um, they called.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's actually, so the recursions, yeah, the recursions are, um, I'm just going to explain I hope that's all right.
0: Go, the go for it, man. Go for it.
1: Uh, so we have earth. And then, like, there are basically other dimensions which are made out of our, like, fantasies. So, like, one was literally a guy plugged his MMORPG code into the Strange Machine. Which, if I remember correctly, there is literally just a Strange Machine. It's not called that. Uh, and that became its own world. So they're kind of worlds born from our, like, imagination. Um, and between these worlds, the space between spaces, which I don't know what I'm stealing that from, uh, that is the Strange. I like mm-hmm. to imagine it as this weird space goop. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's where that's where my character came from. He came from like this weird nebulous space between these uh these dimensions. Um Right.
0: And so so he wasn't really so, you know so in the end he really wasn't originally human. He was he was effectively some alien being from yeah. the strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did he sort of react to being in on Earth and then the recursion of being around just regular humans and everything that he that he approaches sort of out of curiosity? Was he jealous because he wasn't human? Did he feel better because he because he wasn't human? Like, how did he approach this whole coming to earth.
1: So generally the characters I play which we'll get into when when we get to Violet are just yeah. happy to be here is basically what they were. Uh so Vespari he was just excited to be there. He liked knowing about people, but it wasn't like it wasn't like he was more interested in people versus not people. He just wanted to be a part of things. I chose the focus entertainer. I entertains. And the whole thing was like, I mean, this is a creature who came from a magical dimension can do actual magic and focuses all his effort on doing card tricks that he cannot do like he <laughs> was just really excited he, he he was just always excited to get to know people um he was excited to be involved he was excited to participate um but there wasn't really a focus on uh, on on most people like the the character he became best friends with was the one person who was not entertained by his tricks and is, instead was uh, the exact opposite of of what you described he was a scientist from earth who wanted to know about all the strange things um, mm-hmm. and I also think he became closest friends with someone who was connected to the strange and then with a golem, uh, who was just Eeyore the golem. Um, <laughs> so I don't think him not being human had much of an impact other than like the physical things. Um, like of course at the very end, cause earth got in danger. We had to have the cheesy, like, this is my home, uh, thing. But besides <laughs> that, he just like, it didn't matter what recursion it didn't matter where from he wanted to make friends unless he was exploding things in which case he didn't <laughs> all right so
0: that's that's okay so he so he had that he's just like i'm here i want i want to know people i want to be friends i want i just want to was it more like i want to have fun or was it or was it more of just pure experience is what he wanted
1: um I think it was more, I would say probably more experience. Like mm. I literally mean just happy to be here. Um, I tend to play, it's, it's actually a big problem when it comes to stories. Cause I don't know if I have ever played a character who has been invested in the main plot. Um, they just always attach themselves super quickly to every, uh, every PC and every NPC around um so in that case i would say it was more from experience because it was kind of like my friends are going on an adventure so i will go with them right Um, right and i don't as much as i say he liked to get along with everybody i don't think the character really sometimes differentiated between people and like machines and inanimate objects they were all just kind of Things that had behaviors
0: all right interesting and so now coming back to so you, you said you had the uh the other character violet yes so how did that so how does she contrast here
1: so violet um was a very she or he sorry i assumed it was a she but yeah, yeah. yeah. uh so violet um violet Roderick was a character who was entirely based around people um and I will get into this probably later, but like this ended up being her downfall and why I had to quit this character. Um, mm-hmm. Violet was ultimately focused on people. Her whole backstory started a lot like Vespari's, where it was "I want to adventure, I want to be an adventurer," uh, and with Vespari's, that's basically where it began and ended. Like he would do, he he would like you know go to hell and back. He would, like, go to hell and back, fight to hell and back for his friends. But ultimately, he was just kind of going through uh, and experiencing everything. And sometimes he would make a connection, but whether it was with a machine or a person, whatever. Um, Violet, on the other hand, started like that, being like, I want to adventure. I want to go off on these rip-roaring, you know, quests. Um, But very quickly became a very person-focused character. Um, She became very focused on the well-being of her uh, of her party mates um the character because pathfinder it is very easy to get very broken and this character who could not like do anything in the first half of our game suddenly could clear out a room on the enemy's turn um and that actually became a big point of like concern cuz the character was like I don't like murdering people I like uh, after having an experience where she actually um, gave the party a big benefit by befriending uh, a Smiler, which are basically imagine the Joker, but there's a horde of them, uh, and I'm talking about like the the Dark Knight like edgy Joker, where they're like cutting up their faces to be a smile. Um, ever since that character befriended that, she became someone who, unlike Vespari, didn't really have had a lot of regard for literally anybody they ran across, be them be them friend or foe. Um, and that doesn't seem like a big difference, but that was probably the thing that completely changed that that dictated the two routes the characters took and why they both diverged so strongly.
0: Right, because one of them had it sounds like his connections were a little bit more more casual. Like he would he would get excited, he would get connected about things, but. But it wasn't that I guess important, or it wasn't that 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 intense. Is what it kind of sounds like. Whereas Violet had had this more sort of deep caring connection.
1: Yeah, Vespari cared about the people he was with, um, but mostly just enjoyed everyone else. While Violet was eventually cared deeply about everybody. And when you're uh, a sword class, what's the sword class? Uh, a swashbuckler and not like a healer, that becomes a problem very quickly.
0: It's like, all I know how to do is stab people, but I don't want to stab people.
1: I eventually, I tried doing um, disarming strikes, eventually tried focusing on that when I was trying to be like, I should start killing less. But disarming is so, it was genuinely easier to stab someone to death in one turn than it was to disarm them. So... Eventually, I just started stabbing again because otherwise I was going to die.
0: Here I go stabbing again.
1: <laughs> just oh, guess I'll stab.
0: <laughs> All right. So you said so. For going back to Violet, you you said uh, that one was one that you actually had to uh, uh, end or or step away from that character. So what led to that?
1: So, uh, Violet originally, um. I think the easiest way to think of Violet's personality, the way I originally intended her, was she was supposed to be a super excited adventurer who, like, just messed up and, like, went to jail, but, like, got along with the other people in jail before escaping. Um, She was supposed to be very happy, very bubbly, very excited. Um, The way I thought of her is, like, a year after the game we finished, uh, Overwatch came out. And I, I saw, like, one trailer with Tracer, and I'm like, that's just Violet. That is that character. Um, so if you've ever, like, played or watched, um, uh, Overwatch, that's kind of like the, 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 like, personality I had. Um, and as the game got on, she slowly got more, a little more serious. Uh, as she would start, like, there was one character who would cause explosions to happen all the time, because that was all he was good for. Uh, and eventually she'd start scolding him and being like, dude, what is your problem? You are killing us. Um and around the time we got to the second half of the adventure something didn't feel right early on the character felt right and the whole time Vespari felt very right but i didn't feel like the character was i don't want to say bubbly but wasn't like having fun anymore it literally mm-hmm. felt like the character wasn't having fun and things started getting worse and worse like uh most one character just up and left the party like turned evil and ran away um and the out of character reason is cuz his player hated him and hated mm. how they were playing him. Um and was like, hey, can I have a can I press reset on this? So they just made him evil and, and shot him away. But I played it out so that it really upset Violet. But that, coupled with the time she befriended an enemy and it just made things work out better suddenly made the character a lot more a lot less carefree. And I spent months trying to figure out why is Violet suddenly angsty? Why is she upset all the time? And I eventually realized that, hey, I don't think she likes the murder. <laughs> like, uh, everything, like, the, the 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 highlights of the character have always been the positive interactions and the positive things she's done. And around the time I realized that, we were playing Pathfinder. um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily more so, but Pathfinder is in the D&D kind of school of thought, where you find things, you kill them, Mm-hmm. And you repeat. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but like, murder is a very big aspect of those games, and so yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't think of a way for the character to continue having this aversion to murder while being in a group that was entirely about murder. Um, right.
0: It's hard. It's hard to be a murder hobo when you're not <laughs> willing. Then then you're just a hobo.
1: Yeah. So, I um, it took me a while, but I eventually came to terms with the fact that I was going to give her this big farewell. Um, There was a character um, that she was having this on-off romance to, so I was like... uh, Well, they hadn't, like, will they, won't they? So I had this big dramatic thing where I had, like, a friend record this final in-universe recording uh, so that it could be, like, uh, her voice and not mine speaking, this big farewell. Um, And and so my goal was, I'm going to have Violet go away. Uh, I'm going to play a different character for a while. And then maybe a couple, you know, a year down the line, maybe I can bring Violet back for the finale when she's like when she's come to terms with the disconnect between I am very good at murder and I can get very angry when people I care about like get hurt because it's the same thing as Aspari. If someone she cares about gets hurt, you're dead. It was nice to just see you start petting Um So it was, what was I thinking? Like, it, finding a way to be like, I'm very good at this, but I also don't want to hurt people. And I found a class that kind of focused on that. And I'm like, I can reclass her as a more pacifist class when she comes back. But the character needs to have that development. And I don't think this is something this person could do while going on a classical adventure. So I was going to cut her, and then she was going to come back. And then, literally, the episode where she left, we stopped playing. It happens. It happens.
0: But <laughs> at least, so so, it, it sounds like she basically, effectively, just grew disillusioned with the uh, the sort of like classic adventurer, you know, classic murder hobo lifestyle, uh, and needed to to go away and and get her life back in order.
1: <laughs> Essentially, yeah, she she um, it was it was kind of a parallel. She wanted to become an adventurer. But it was really because she wanted to help people. And, like, that didn't groove with what they were doing because they were hurting lots of people. And, like, it was funny because her realization matched my realization of that being her realization. Like, eventually I realized, oh, she cares about people. Around the time she's like, oh, shit, caring about people is not congruent with what I'm doing. Um, so it was a nice in-out-of-character uh, a match. And I think nice. that is the one time I've really just come to a character where they were at, and they were already there, and I had to, I had to find them. If that makes sense.
0: No, I get that. I, I mean, it sounds like it was really more of a the character herself kind of leading you towards this path, more than more than you yourself kind of choosing it specifically.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is the part where I bow out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think around the time that I this now she sounds like a actual person. Around the time that she and I agreed that she had to leave, that's when I got I mean, I was draw, I that's the part where I got control again and I knew where I wanted to take her, but that was also just the natural course. Like I I knew where she was going to go and I might touch on that later. Mm. But um it was even then I think it was more of a natural consequence of what this character needed to be happy, and this was a character who des- uh, deserved to be happy.
0: And so, going back now to to the first character, where, where you know his his approach is uh, ex- explosions are, are are an expression <laughs> of uh, of of what I want to do in life. Um, contrasting that with with Violet's uh, uh, sort of arc and and finally sort of needing to step away. I'm guessing he didn't really have a, an arc like that. He just kind of kept going or
1: he did but he almost didn't uh. i almost messed up at one point and violet was uh, the violet arc was there to stop it cuz uh, at one point we were having a fight in an elevator and i thought what if i shot out the elevator beneath these guys cuz i had done something similar before um long story short i rolled a one my gm decided that because of that one i would successfully destroy the entire floor including the including the ones my friends were on -hmm. Um and an NPC was absolutely going to plummet to his death were it not for a last minute save by one of the player characters. Um and it was like it was not just any NPC. It was like my best friend and like her my character's best friend's NPC. It was it was their NPC. Um and so I had a brief moment where I'm like, wow, Vespari would be real bummed about this. He almost messed things up for his friend, like Man, he's gonna feel real down. And I let that play out, but... Sorry, I don't know why I'm... um, But because of what had happened with Violet, and because I had, again, just one scene where a character left and Violet got upset, that one scene spiraled into months of the character just not being fun to play. And while she ultimately ended up in a good place, that was months of just not having fun and not having a good time. So I... I actually, as a player, reigned it back. I'm like, I'm gonna have the player get a little bit upset, but once he's verified that his best friend is okay, and they're okay, I'm gonna say that's all he care that that's what he cares about. Um And so it didn't go as deep as it did with Violet, but I think that was the closest Vesbar he got. But he was he was the first character I played. I played him kind of alongside after Violet, and I, I just I what happened with Violet wasn't a mistake, but I didn't want that to happen again. I get that. I get that.
0: And it was it was you got to a point where like oh he he could go that same route. I don't want that. So here's where I step in and go hey hey hey, character sorry like, <laughs> I'm reining you back a little yeah, here.
1: You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna get mopey like. Also he was like oh he was a not quite understanding how humans work machine violet was the equivalent of like a, she wasn't a teenager but like equivalent of like that kind of angsty phase so mm-hmm. like it felt right for her like i i wouldn't undo that but like I could justify vespari just kind of shrugging his shoulders and forgetting
0: mm-hmm. I get that I get that all right so we've got so violet we we kind of we have an idea of where where her story went and kind of where where we left her off and we'll we will get back to to that. But then for Vespari, how did his story, like, th- is, this, is this a game that's already uh, done? Is this still ongoing?
1: Yes, it finished. We were going to have a season two, which, if Tom listens, I don't know if he'll make it this far, but if Tom listens, I'm calling you out on air for saying that you uh, were going to do a season two for months and then didn't. Uh, and it's <laughs> fine. I don't really care. Like, it was, it just wasn't right. We ended in a very good place. But we had a very succinct end. We played through one of the official campaigns. Um, and there was more left at the end. There was stuff on the table. Um, we found out that one of the other characters was also not from Earth. Uh, Nancy Hardy, who is just Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys in one character. Um, we found out she was not from Earth. A character came back from the dead, so he was gonna have a lot to grapple with. And Vespari, he was just kind of there the whole story, and they had kept setting up this idea of, like, one character knew where he was from but then died, so he couldn't tell us. And and we were setting up the idea that the next arc, we would deal with where Nancy and where Vespari really came from. How does something that is the strange go into a human body? Um. So there was some intrigue there, but uh, ultimately we... We ended in, like, the first uh, of two arcs. We never got to that point. Uh, which I wouldn't call unsatisfying, because it was a very satisfying ending. It was just one of those, oh, we never knew. Maybe he'll find mm-hmm. out someday.
0: Oh, speaking of that, where do you think? So, you know, we, we never got to play that second season. And sadly, we probably won't. Uh, although, <coughs> uh, uh, who knows? Yeah, stranger things have <laughs> happened. But assuming he does, we well, never get that second season. Where do you think he is now or wh- where do you think he he went or, or or what's he doing now?
1: So, I am going to I'm going to throw the canon of the character out. Cuz well not the canon, but uh because I, eventually my friend did like I do when I don't finish games did tell us what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um and I would relay that if I remembered the terms, but it was something from the rule book. And as I said, I only read an eighth of the rule book, so I have no idea what it was. Um, but with Vespari, the only clues that we had um, was that he never had a body. Like, he had bodies, but you never saw his face. And then he got... I think he got called Starseed at one point by this weird ethereal thing called the Dustman. So I'm a big fan of monster inside you stories. I'm a big fan of specifically Jekyll and Hyde. Um, So the way I always like to imagine that it went for the character was that whatever Vespari was, and this actually was set up, was infinitely stronger than anything I could ever hope to be. It was one of those, you know was he if I was just coming up with it now maybe like he wasn't the strange itself he was like a connection to the strange and if you actually tore it open if you took off the mask then this like <coughs> you would basically have a wormhole to just space open up in the middle of a city which is not good yes. um so I always imagine that like the way I I I imagined it would have gone is that something like that would have happened it would have been like hey you're super strong and also super dangerous that's not a good thing. Mm. Um, my theory, which was the GM said wasn't true, but but my theory was that he was a planet vor. Uh, and planet vor are these giant creatures that eat planets. Uh, essentially, the strange is just full of Galactuses running around trying to eat planets. So my, th- the, my th- running theory, which I always had, was that he was one of those. And so I think his story probably would have ended with him... <coughs> Having to deal with that and having to, like, kind of put a cap on his abilities. Um, Whereas Violet had to learn how to embrace what she was good at in a different way. Uh, Vespari, I don't want to say had to learn control, but he had to... It was another not being afraid of who you are. Vespari had to learn to not be afraid of the fact that he was secretly very, very dangerous. And if things went bad... Uh, they could go real bad for for everything and everyone he cared about. Because even if he was much more temporarily caring about people, he still was very intrigued by everyone and had this general, "I like everything, even if it's a little more superficial." Because he will break everything.
0: Right. I mean, you could call his entire <laughs> uh, his entire set of adventures effectively just playing with his food. <laughs>
1: Oh no! He was also <laughs> very good at combat, so that works.
0: <laughs> All right. So before I go to that same question for Violet, though, I want I want to go back for a moment, because you mentioned Violet actually had a bit of a romantic connection in yes. her story, right? So that that's one that's one I, I always jump on that because not, not that many characters get to have those those little romantic connections. So I, I always try to focus in on those. So, so tell me a little bit about how that went down.
1: Yeah. So um. Have you ever I've mentioned Legend of Korra before. Have you ever seen it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Huge fan.
1: Do you know you know Varric, right? Oh yeah. Like the the basically the thing that gets you through the second season. Uh <laughs> Varric, so my character, we played in Roll 20, took a, a PNG of Varric, made it her character token, and then made a character, that character named Varric, who was literally just Varric, but he also threw lots of bombs. That was it. That was the whole thing. And then he <laughs> got a robot friend named Zumi eventually. Um, and so I guess he was good at talking to machines. But my character just made a friend named Varric. And we were starting. And we were doing this thing. And she thought, man, it'd be really funny if my character, who is the ball, just hit on Kyle's character. And he does. And Violet was supposed to be like the, you know, up and coming, I'm going to be an adventurer type. So she's like, wow, what a creep. Because Varric was being a creep. And she was like, he's gross, I don't like him. And it was like that for the first couple of, of adventures. And then suddenly, this man who just, again, threw bombs everywhere, putting everyone at risk, every combat, uh, we run into this machine, and this big this big machine in this uh, thing, it wakes up from its slumber, and it starts getting mad at us, and it's like, who dares disturb my slumber? I'm gonna mess you up. Uh, and her character Varric actually talked it down, was like, hey, we're friends, everything's okay. Like, he didn't go the violent route with the machine. He talked it down. And I, I like, um, I also was kind of biased because, like, I really liked imagining in my brain. I imagined as one of those, you know, big thing comes in, there's, like, lightning and wind billowing everywhere, and a character walks through the wind and is like, no, this isn't you! And, like, talks someone down. Like, those, you know, the really dramatic talk down. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was kind of a really heroic thing he did. And then, like, two rooms later, we saw this, like, really beat-up, um... My friend who played Varric called uh, called it a wheelbarrow. I like to imagine it, it was more... I like to imagine it as kind of like a hover disc. So basically a floating baseball base. Um, and Varric went and he healed it. And he like... It became his best friend, Zumi. And like, these were just two very kind and heroic things back to back. And I'm like, you know what? Violet would really respect that. And would really admire that. Crap. I think she likes him. and then for the next year we basically had this on and off where they would have like cute moments um occasionally some things might cause them to like drift apart a little bit like again when she yelled at him for throwing bombs everywhere because the rest of us were melee fighters so we were always at risk it wasn't it was always at risk um i cannot stress enough how always at risk we were (laughs) um but we just did the on off we never wanted to pull the trigger the campaign was going to last a long time uh and then i decided violet was going to leave and we needed to figure out whether or not that was going to resolve um and it didn't i left the note and i did the whole like thing where she like is like oh i respect you for this i respect you for that and then varic i i'm gonna miss you a lot uh (laughs) because you had to have that i love you fake out uh, but I was like, it's fine, she's going to come back, everything's going to be okay. And then she didn't. <laughs> and I lived in agony for three years.
0: <laughs> All right, so now bringing it back to, to, to her, the end of her story, or rather, same thing, like, where is she now? She, she, she went away to find herself or to, uh, I guess, uh, come to terms with, with uh, who she really is now. You never got to, to continue that story. How do you think it would have gone? Or where do you think she is? Would she have gone back and tried to find Varric? Or would she have decided maybe, like, you know what? No, it's time for a brand new life.
1: So, Violet has two endings. hmm And it's interesting, because the one I consider, even though, you know, especially in games like this, canon is loose at best. Uh, the one I consider canonical doesn't actually involve Violet at all. Ah. So, it's, like, the ending that's true in my heart. So, the way I always imagine it, the way I was gonna play it, was that she left, she went on adventures. I was gonna ask the GM that she would come back for one mini-adventure, where, like... Um, they go and they meet, like, basically she she does the Aang thing from the first Avatar where she goes and meets a bunch of, like, wise folk and learn from them. Mm -hmm. So I want her to come back for one episode where the gang's hanging out, they come to a place, uh, and they, like, have to meet with some wise man And they find out, oh, one of the people working for him is Violet. And she's super excited to meet everyone, and she doesn't quite understand how big it was to just leave everybody in the middle of the night with a note saying, hey, I'm gone. Uh, at that point, she would also have put her rapier away, and she would have been fighting using probably uh, what's the thing Donatello uses? like uh, bow staff. Yeah, bow staff or like uh, a wooden sword or something that's that's nonviolent. So I want her to come back and kind of like she's more excited, she's more energized, um, but she's still scared of herself. She's like she's embraced the fact that she doesn't want to hurt people, but she hasn't embraced the f- the fact that like being a being a um a swashbuckler the reason i could do so well in fighting people is because she had the parry ability so not yet embracing the fact that like the fact that she can parry everyone doesn't necessarily mean she has to stab them and she could still use her like skills for nonviolent reasons so i was going to have her show up and then they probably ask for her to come back and she'd like be like no 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 uh and then i was going to have us flash forward to the finale where she had grouped up there was this organization in pathfinder that had, like, a flower name or something. I always forget. You had to be chaotic good to be in it, Um, which was perfect. And essentially, they focused on toppling oppressive governments while minimizing harm to people. And so I was going to have her come back as a member of this, and then she would uh, meet the party, she would join them for real in the finale. Uh, She wouldn't kill anybody, but she would, like, focus on, like, I can use my parry to, like, focus on disarming people and, like, be an aggressive blocker. And I was going to just dump stats in those abilities so that I could actually do that. Um, She was going to make up with Varric because he was probably going to still be in the party unless he died, which was a possibility. Make up with Varric, they got together, she ends up becoming one of the people that she trains from, raises a new generation of people. Nice. We wanted that to happen. It never happened. Um, Is it alright if I jump into the... the, the, um, the The way it, in my heart that she lived on, of course, please. And that didn't happen to Violet, but that did happen to Mauve. Mm. So when I was designing Quest Friends, um, one of I, I have this 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 group in Quest Friends called the Heroes of Navarine, um, and they are all based on former characters. Uh, so we have a character named the Professor, who's a fusion of Vespari and v- Vespari's best friend. We have a character named Sue, who's based on a one-shot character a friend played called Buff Manning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our main villain Aegon is based on a, a guy from Violet's campaign, a paladin, who my friend was like, basically, my friend was like, "Oh, we're gonna establish just like a Jedi Order of Paladins," and that's where he kind of ended with. But the way he first described it, he accidentally said things like, "Uh, you know," basically suggested that it was gonna be a theocracy. And I was like, wow, that kind of sounds messed up and evil. So I made his character evil. And that's the main villain of the campaign he's been playing in for a year and a half. Um, (laughs) But the last two characters are named Mauve and Mako. Mauve named Mauve because it's a synonym of Violet. And Mako named after Mako, who is a character from The Legend of the Korra, which Varric was also in. Yes. Um, They are a couple. Uh, Mako is... No longer an explosives guy, he uh, now focuses on, like, he's he's a medic, but I have also mentioned in aside jokes that he blows things up a lot,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: Mauve, uh, whose last name is also Rotorak, Mauve Rotorark, uh ended up marrying Mako, and she runs a school for aspiring adventurers, um, which is what she's doing when she's met for the first time in the story. Um and at this point, Mauve and Violet are not the same character. They're very different. Mauve is Mauve is a much more toned down person. But her core values, caring about the people she cares about, wanting to always go in with her like team. Like, you know, never wanting someone to go in by herself. She still holds the same values as Violet. So she's essentially I didn't want to bring back the same characters with the same names. That would have felt weird and kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. Um but by bringing back uh, Violet and Varric as Mauve and Mako, like three years later, uh, I was able to kind of provide closure to that arc. Uh, and also for my friend Hallie, who played Varric, uh, for Hallie and I to provide closure and, and have a world where Violet and Varric were together, married and very happy, and like I don't remember, but I remember it always felt like there was something gaping after that left result was unresolved. Uh, and ever since I made Mauvin and Mako and I put them in this podcast about a year ago, uh, that is no longer there. So the story is complete in my in my heart, just with different names in a different place.
0: Yeah, but it's still it's still the story. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, actually.
1: <laughs> Alright,
0: so sounds like we we've gone through the arcs for both characters from pretty much beginning to end. So I think I think we're starting to wrap things up now. So before we go, is there any one last thing, you know, when you think of, of either or both characters, is there one thing that kinda comes to mind as like, and that's why I love this character?
1: Um yeah. So let me think. I want to do the Violet one first because I got the Vespara one and that's it. That's a clincher. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's an ender. <laughs> um, there was... With Violet, this is going to sound weird, but I put her on a boat once when we went from adventure to adventure and this proud, brave, you know, adventuring type got very seasick and hid in the middle of the boat for four days straight. And I think <laughs> Varric grabbed his coat and like put it on her so she wouldn't be cold. And it was just... It kind of summarizes how I liked the character she was foolhardy but also just a sweetheart no uh, and then Vespari our first session uh we met a girl who was who was quickened she had the abilities we had um and I kept insisting like wow, she's strange she's strange and that was Vespari's way of being like hey she's you know she's she's quickened like us this is a good thing and she did not take it well. <laughs> uh, her mother, who was an evil robot, did also not take it well. Um, and they we ended up getting attacked by the mother. Um, but at the end, I like the character really wanted to instill that like she is strange and that is a good thing. Um, and I don't remember the exact quote, but basically, I was able to form a connection and like the end of that arc was just him reassuringly saying, "You are strange, we are all strange.
0: I like that. I like that a
1: lot. (laughs) All right. Well,
0: I think we've gotten to know both characters really well. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for sharing them out. And so before we go, we've got two last things. One is, we usually like to, to end our podcast, with, you know, all our various shows, with a question for the listeners. Like, something something that you want to hear back from the listeners on, whether it's something about your characters, or maybe something that you want to ask them about how they approach uh, their own characters. Uh, do you think you've got something maybe in mind that you'd like to shout out for them?
1: Yes. What is your best explosion? Or oh. best explosion story?
0: I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. Uh, once once we get some comments, so I'll I'll be, I'll be sending them your way because that, that that promises to be fun. <laughs> All right, and so before we go, once again, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you do? Any links? Anything you want to? This is your chance to plug whatever you're doing.
1: Yes, my name is Kyle. I run Quest Friends, QuestFriendsPodcast dot com. Uh, again, it's just our name, Quest Friends, and then the word podcast.com. Uh, I don't know. We'll probably be like 35 episodes in by the time this releases. We're at 30 as of recording. Um, so it's it's a show. If you like the my, my doofy characters who just are trying their best, that's the entire PC and NPC cast. Uh, and it's also like, especially if you're listening to this, if you listen to to Vandible's Numenera, it is in that universe, but it is a very different take on it. So, if, I think if you like the uh, the Numenera long shot, that's gonna be. Um and and you like that world? If you try us out, it's not going to be the same world redone. It'll be kind of like a new, fresh retake. Which I at least I always like seeing different takes on the same place. Oh, definitely. So that's the podcast we run. Um, I also hopefully at this point should have released a Rouletia module. Do you like Disneyland? Do you like Las Vegas? Do you like absolute? Do you like absolutely no governmental regulation? Then rouletteia is the hellhole for you. It's uh. That's our most recent arc. I made it into a module. You can play for the Cypher system. Uh, just look up Ruladia and drive through RPG. I I should have had it up by this point. Like I'm, I'm almost done with it as of time of recording, so uh, check that out, but definitely check out questfriendspodcast.com.
0: Awesome, and we'll have links to all of that in the show notes, uh, <coughs> so no worries. If you if you missed it while listening to, to this on uh, on the train, no worries, just come back to the page. We'll have links to all of it. <laughs> all right, well, Kyle... Thanks so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I, for loved, me on. Yeah, I loved Yeah, I love listening to both characters. This was actually really, really great.
1: <laughs> I'm glad.
0: Yeah, and anytime you want to come back on, anytime you uh you have another character that you that you really want to gush about, just let us know.
1: Oh, oh don't worry. <laughs> I'll be ta- I'll be very excited to talk about uh Ramsey Snow the Worse.
0: Oh, well, we've got something to look forward to then. All right. Well, again, thanks for joining us. And to all three of our listeners, thank you so much for (laughs) continuing to tune in. We love you, all three of you. Good night. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Tell Me About Your Character. If you enjoyed this, you might also want to check out our many other shows on the Fandible Podcast Network dozens of actual play tabletop RPGs and our long-running series The Solo Shot and Long Shot. And if you really liked it, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Not only will you get episodes early, but you'll also get access to our subscriber-only Discord server and the Fandible Notebook, now featuring the soon-to-be smash hit game Three Goblins in a Trenchcoat, by yours truly. Come back next week for more Tell Me About Your Character.